Hey all, welcome to Eat Drink Social. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in both Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. And if you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can visit our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. All right, everyone, welcome to this special Halloween edition of Eat Drink Social. We are joined today by Casey, aka the homicidal homemaker. She is based out of Central California. She is a chef, blogger, food cooking show host, and columnist. She has recipes in every issue of Rue Morgue magazine, and she has a cooking show that is featured on Screenbox, YouTube, AT&T Uverse, and Comcast. How's it going, Casey? Good. Thank you for having me. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween yourself. Uh, have, do you have any special plans for the day? Uh, probably just going to scare some kids and hand out candy, <laughs> the usual. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, as you stated, my name's Casey, more commonly known as the homicidal homemaker, and basically I make gross-looking food. <laughs> um, I try to combine all of the things that I really, really love, cooking and art and horror movies, into one passion of mine. And it all started way back in MySpace, <laughs> way back in the day. And uh, I would just post pictures of things that I made, and people would express interest in wanting to know how to make them. So. That was more than a decade ago. Um, wow, it's hard. It's really hard to believe that it's been that long. But I, I started making these recipes and posting them. And and when folks expressed interest on in wanting how to make them themselves, I decided to turn that into a blog so I could share recipes. And that's basically how it all started. And and how did you get into the the horror genre itself? Well, I was first and foremost a fan, so I was on a lot of uh, forums, and um, I would, you know, share my creations there, but um, that's kind of how I broke into the genre as a creator. I just shared it with other like-minded people, but as for getting into the genre as a fan, it all started with my parents. I, to be honest, I hated horror movies as a child. Um, I couldn't think of anything that I hated more. I was so, so scared of them. And I remember being about three or four years old and watching the original version of The Fly. And I was so scared when my parents sent me to bed by myself in the dark. And I remember telling my parents, you know, how scared I was. And they would say, well, that looks so fake. Why are you so scared? And that's what became a fascination for me. I wanted to know... If it was scaring me that much and it looked that real, but it wasn't, then how did they do it? And that's really where the fandom began at a young age. And I wanted to know everything that went into the films. I wanted to know who the actors really were. I wanted to know how they did the makeup and special effects. And, you know, back then there wasn't the internet because it was the 80s. And you would have to find it by going to the local bookstore and looking in the latest issue of Fangoria. And uh, and then when the Internet came to be, it was like this whole resource for knowing so much about the movies and learning things I never knew before, as well as making friends that felt the same way that I did. That's awesome. And that's that's really interesting how you how like 
even as a young child, it's like you channeled your fear and it, it eventually turned into something that you're, you're really, really passionate about. That's, that's cool. That's something you don't really hear about that often. Um, Thank you. It's, nope. it's definitely something my entire life revolves around now. So I'm, I'm glad that I found a way to, uh, to make that work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. So do you, do you celebrate Halloween year round or is it kind of like today is like the culmination? Like this is, this is Christmas for you. How do you feel about it? You know, it is something that I feel like I celebrate year round because I'm always going to haunters conventions and horror conventions. And being that I make food like this, not just around the Halloween season, but all year long, it mm-hmm. is something that I feel like is every day. But starting in September, I feel like it is it's like my time of the year, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. All of uh, the decor that I'm going to buy for my house that people would normally use as decorations or her jewelry or even clothing, um, it all starts to come out. And I feel like, yeah, it would be like my Christmas, you know, because this is the only holiday that I really go all out for. Is it is it fair to say that um, your fans, um, like, do you see an uptick in numbers and, and readers this time of year? Oh, absolutely. I, um, I had a personal goal this year that I wanted to up my traffic by 10,000 hits. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I wanted to up my traffic by 5,000 hits more from last year. And not only did I exceed that this year, but it, it, this, as of this morning, it's now 12,000 more than that. So I hit it by 17, more than 17,000 than last year. So there's definitely an interest. Um, Every year, the site continues to grow in traffic and it always has an uptick in October. (laughs) So So, that's really cool. So yeah. uh, So with that being said, then do you find that they also tend to stick around and engage with you year round? Oh, they do. It's really cool. I mean, there's some people that they only come around when they want something for a Halloween party and they want to freak people out. But most people, um, I always I always tell people, if you have trouble with a recipe or if you have questions, you know, feel free to reach out and I'll try my best to get back to you as soon as possible or to help you the best that I can. And a lot of people, they really like that it's a real person that they're reaching, not just a brand where it could be anybody answering them. And I've noticed that there's a lot of people that are very, very dedicated fans now because of that. And and a lot of people, they make one of my recipes and take it to a party and they get the reaction that prompted the whole reason I started this. I always wanted to be the person that brought the grossest recipe to a Halloween party. And so when people now can take one of my recipes and create something for themselves and they get this great reaction out of their friends and family, they want to do that year after year and they keep wanting to like one up what they did every year. And that's super cool. You know, I've made so many friends because of that, just because they stumbled across a recipe that was shared on Facebook or they saw it on Pinterest. And, and now I've created this friendship with them all because of gross looking food. (laughs) That's, that's awesome. So, so including your recipes, like what would you say is, is the most popular content that you create? Um, Ooh, that's tough because I primarily post recipes but people really, really like the cocktails. I mean, everybody likes a good drink. It's always five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> and I do have a couple of sponsors. I have a rum and tequila sponsor. So there definitely is going to be more of that on the blog and on the website. But I've noticed that probably the most popular are like 
once inspired particularly by 80s horror movies, which mm-hmm. that's my favorite decade of horror because I was a child of the 80s. So um, watching these movies that I probably should not have been watching as a kid are very nostalgic for me. So that tends to be a running theme with my website and with the recipes on my show. Um, definitely 80s horror. But um, at the same time, I've been trying to post a little bit more tutorials and stuff that aren't necessarily horror themed. Like, I I like doing everything on a budget. It's not fun or fulfilling for me to make a recipe and then I have to buy a ton of ingredients and then have a ton of them left over that I don't know what to do with. And then I realize how far I am into the recipe uh, money-wise, and then it doesn't turn out. So that's always a goal in mind is trying to keep things as low cost as possible for other people. Cause I know that a lot of other folks feel the same way. So I'll try to do some like budget friendly recipes like DIY pumpkin spice coffee syrup. So you can spend $5 and make a whole batch of it instead of $5 at on one latte at a coffee shop. So, um, you know, it, it is hard to pinpoint. I'd say as for the horror recipes, eighties horror, but there has been a really big jump in interest on the non-horror things too. So here in Louisville, Kentucky today, it's a, it's a little bit of a rainy day. Um, and it's just kind of a sleepy day, I'm going to say. And tonight being Halloween, I'm just going to be staying in, probably going to get on the couch and and watch a movie. But here's the thing. I want to be really scared. (laughs) So what, what is, you know, what's the scariest movie out there that I should be watching tonight on this Hollow's Eve? Like sleep with the lights on scary. Oh man, uh, I gosh, I can't think of the last time a movie legitimately scared me. Um, so that's a tough question for me because I'm always watching a film and thinking, "Wow, how did they do that?" And then I'm online like looking up how the effect was done. Oh gosh. Um, how about this? Maybe something? Would you would you go like the possession route or like the monster route or the like slasher? Uh, slasher, yeah. yeah. Um, I would have to say the slasher route. Um, if you're going to watch something, uh, tonight on Halloween, I would say going with the slasher route for sure. Um, there's just something about that time when slasher movies were so big. It's just a magical feeling. And it's like this guy, you don't know what he looks like or who he is or why he's killing people. And something about that is pretty terrifying. And, um, I always think they're great fun to watch with the group too. So if you have a friend to enjoy it with, um, sometimes those slashers, there's lines that make you laugh more than they make you scream, but then there's always some good kills and scares as well. What's your favorite slasher movie? <laughs> um, I would have to go with slumber party massacre too. I think that's a <laughs> I know. I don't know if I, I, I feel like I have heard of that, but I'm not remembering what's is it, but that one's your favorite one though. I would say yes. It's um, it's great fun. I think that it's the perfect gateway horror film for uh, people who are new to the genre or people who just say that they don't like horror films. Um, first off, the effects are great in it. There's some that are so good in there. Um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but, um, you know, body parts exploding. <laughs> I'll just put it that <laughs> And it looks so good. Like, I mean, it looks disgusting. So that's why it looks good. But the killer, his weapon of choice is a guitar with a drill on the end of it. So if Uh, you're not from that, I don't know what will convince you. But, you know, it's got a lot of laughs. It's it's got a lot of 
cheesy stuff in it, a lot of uh, not-so-great stuff, some of the acting's not so great, but then some of the actors are phenomenal in it, like the driller killer himself is so good, and, you know, me being the nerd that I am, I looked up everything I could about this actor, and I found out his family was the one that started Little Caesar's Pizza, his parents did, and so... uh, No way. yeah, so his uh, family started the Little Caesars Pizza franchise, and and then he became the Driller Killer. But he was also um, a recording artist in the '80s, named Atonis. And so, I think that movie's great fun. There's actually a trilogy of them. The first one, I think, is you know to go back to your previous question. I think the first Slumber Party Massacre is legitimately scary. The killer, the Driller Killer, in that really, really freaks me out. I mean, he seems like he could be a real killer in real life. And so I think that one is super scary. I think it's a great slasher. Now, the second one is where the fun comes into play. Like, I mean, like I said, the guy has a guitar with a drill on the end of it. How can you not love him? I mean, he's the killer, but you got to like him at the same time. And there's a lot of laughs in it. So I think it's a great gateway horror film for people. But at the same time, if you're a well-seasoned fan of the genre, I think there's something to appreciate as well. Definitely. So so other than the driller killer, if you could meet one character from a horror film, who would it be? Oh. Can it be an actor? Because <laughs> pretty much any character Vincent Price played. Who's... Is that, uh, who's that? That would be Vincent Price. Now, you might know him from the beginning of the Thriller video. A lot of people recognize that voice. But Vincent Price is my hero. And not only because of everything that he did for the horror genre, but he was also a very, very talented chef and put out a bunch of cookbooks. So oh, I, I didn't I know that. Like, I would pretty much give anything to have dinner with him. <laughs> I I know who this guy is. this guy is. Yeah, yeah. Right there. So, if um if I could meet anybody, I know that's a little roundabout way of answering the question because he's, you know, an actual person rather than a character. Um I would say I would say Vincent Price because um his work on so many levels has inspired me and I've even done some posts on my blog recreating some of his recipes from his cookbooks. And um, I did get his daughter Victoria's blessing to share those. And she even shared some of my posts on the official Vincent Price estate page. So that was, that was incredible. Do you, um, are, are you in a, in a house or apartment that allows to give out candy to trick or treaters? Like, will you be getting trick or treaters tonight? Um, absolutely. I actually go to my parents' neighborhood. I, I just like to spend Halloween with them and pass out candy over there. And, and there's actually a lot more um, kids in their neighborhood on their side of town because I live across town from them. So um, I'll definitely be out there. I'm probably going to dress in one of my killer clowns from outer space costumes. <laughs> of course, I own those, right? Yes. <laughs> I like I like that you actually said like that plural, costumes, multiple. <laughs> Yeah, we have uh, three of them, and then we also have a mask of the character Gunther from the Fun House. So we might make our own little costume because we do have a hunchback costume. So we were thinking about combining that with the mask. So we're going to do some kind of like creepy carnival thing, me and my brother and my mom. And what do you and ante- what do you anticipate handing out? What kind of candy? 
Um, whatever is left over from us eating it because my mom <laughs> did. I went over there and she had bought this huge bag and it had like Snickers and Twix and Reese's. And then I went in there and there was like maybe a third of it left. So she probably has to go buy more. I'll probably have to go pick up more on the way out. But I always say chocolate's a good choice, but I don't discriminate against any type of candy. I love it all. <laughs> you should be one of the cool houses and give out the, the king size candy bars or the full size ones instead oh, of the little I'm, ones. I remember feeling like I hit the jackpot. Like that was the ultimate goal when you were trick or treating as a kid. Oh, totally. And you like run into a group of your friends. And you're like, Hey, down the street, they've got the big ones. Go over there and get them. Yeah. Those are always <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I know the neighborhood tends to pass those out still. So I try to tip people off. Hey, if you want the big candy bars, go over there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So other than the the killer clowns from outer space, what's what do you think? What do you say is like the best costume you've ever come up with or have ever seen? Oh, the best costume. I think recently one of the best costumes that I've ever come up with. I did this. Um, zombie housewife inspired by dead alive and also by miss argentina from beetlejuice because i loved how her skin was all like that bluish green color from head to toe and i liked the contrast that it had with her red hair so that was kind of my inspiration so i did this green outrageous 50s style housewife costume that was a zombie and I painted myself entirely green, except for my legs. I cheated and I used uh, dyed tights for that. But I used some actual like dead stock vintage glasses that I have. And I put on a wig. And I would say it was probably my best costume because I went to an event and I was talking to people and they had no idea who I was. I went up to my own father and said something to him and he didn't know it was me. He just kind of stared for a minute and he said only because of my voice he realized it was me. So I thought... That was probably my favorite costume that I've done recently. Um, gosh, best costume I've ever seen. That is a really tough one because I go to horror conventions all throughout the year. And I see some amazing stuff. But, gosh. I would have to say um, two people, they dressed as... Um, oh, my gosh. I cannot rem I can't believe I'm forgetting their names. But the couple from Beetlejuice... Um, why can I? I can't even think of their name. Alex Baldwin. I can't think of the actress's name right now. Gina Gina Davis. Um, their characters, when they try to scare uh, Winona Ryder's character in the movie, they do this thing where they stretch out their faces yeah. and rivals. I saw somebody who made that those masks all by themselves out of paper mache, and it was incredible. So I'd say that's probably the best one I've seen in in the most recent years. So uh, again, here here in Louisville, um, we have this thing called the Jack O' Lantern Spectacular at uh, Iroquois Park, and what it is, it's basically a walk through, maybe like um, a, a twenty minute walk through, and in that time, you see thousands and thousands of lit up carved pumpkins, and it's it's really pretty. So I mean, if you're ever on Instagram, just go ahead and type in Ir like hashtag Iroquois Park and see what comes up. Um, but with that. But with that being said, what's the best pumpkin art that you've ever carved personally? I would say when I did a portrait of my, um, the first Chihuahua I ever had, rest in peace, <laughs> I did a pumpkin with her face on it. I know that's probably not the answer anyone would ever expect from me, 
but having a chihuahua on a pumpkin, um, people would come up to the door and they're like, wow, there's a chihuahua. And then they'd call their parents to come over and look at it. So I would say that got the biggest reaction out of any pumpkin I've ever done was a portrait of a chihuahua. And I would say it was the most detailed because I actually took a Dremel and carved everything out. And so I used the new technique and and learned a lot. So um, it was very fulfilling for me to do. That's that's awesome. And I mean, <laughs> especially like carving pumpkins, especially when you have a lot of different, when the design's more specific, it's very, very difficult. So yeah, that'd be awesome to see. Um, it, it was hard because I used an actual photo of, of my little pup. <laughs> did you just like, did you, I've seen people like tape it on the front of the pumpkin and then carve it from there. Did you do that or did you uh, just like look at the photo and then, then carve it um, out? I did tape the photo to the pumpkin and then I used like a toothpick to poke through and kind of give me some guidelines. And then I just kind of eyeballed it from there. Cool, cool. So I don't know much about kind of like commercial haunted houses. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat myself. What what do you think makes a good one? I think having um, actors that really, really embrace their character and don't break it um, is key. That's always something that stands out in my mind when I go somewhere and the characters, they stay in character and they really, really get into it. It's very immersive. Um, I think that's key. I don't think that you have to have a high budget for decorations or a lot of skill. I think it's just a matter of taking that person from reality into this fantasy, even if that's a very terrifying fantasy. And I think that it's all in creating an experience with what you have. And I think having people that are passionate about it absolutely shows more than anything. And then also people that understand that there's some people that they want to be scared to a degree, but they also know when to leave that person alone when they've had too much. So I think that's, um, I think that's a recipe for success when it comes to a haunt. And I agree with that 110%. So uh, let's moving on to um, some of the more geeky social web presence stuff. Um, you, you, you've certainly carved out a niche, right? Um, so we're wondering how you leverage your brand uh, with your other online platforms just all across. Well, it's definitely a labor of love. I have to do this outside of my regular career. That's very busy. So, um, you know, it, it's it's like having a job outside of your job. So I have to, I just take certain points throughout the day and, and try my best to keep up with it. Um, I've tried to use utilize like um, platforms that can help me auto post. And while I know that that's helpful when um like, especially when I'm traveling and I may not have time to update, like sometimes I'll auto publish, but I really like doing it myself so I can see how people react in real time. And I know how well that content does. Um, I do have a marketing background. That's actually what I do for my career is uh, marketing and I'm a web and graphic designer. So um, I kind of feel like everything that I do at my job, I just take that and I apply it to my own personal stuff. And I feel like it's always a learning experience. I think with algorithms changing and with new um, new things coming out and new platforms, it's something that you always have to stay on top of. And there's always so much more to learn. So um, yeah, pretty much any time, like when I get up, the first thing I do is I check my email, I check my social media, check my analytics, 
get ready, go to work, come home on my lunch, do the same thing, check all of my analytics, make sure there's nothing that's jumping out at me. And then I go back to work. And then when I come home, I do it again. And then that's when I spend all of my time creating my own stuff. Awesome. So, so especially like on Instagram and then you can tie it in with, with all your other channels as well. Is, is the horror niche like pretty big? And uh, if so, like what's that community like? Well, it's definitely growing year after year. Um, when I first launched my actual blog, rather than just doing it on MySpace, I thought maybe like 10 people would actually follow the blog. And immediately there was this falling. People had an interest saying like, oh, this is awesome. I've never seen anyone do this. And throughout the years, I've seen other people be very inspired by what I do and try to do their own blog or their own YouTube channel or even just making food and just sharing it to their social media rather than sharing a tutorial. And so year after year, I've noticed that it's it's just growing in interest, which is super cool because everyone thought I was out of my mind when I said I wanted to do a horror-themed food blog because it's not the norm. Um, I tried to uh, join a lot of blogging networks and advertising networks, and most of them denied me. And they said, well, your content's offensive. And I said, well, you know, what's offensive about a chocolate ear? Like, I couldn't understand that. And they were like, well... Your logo has a knife in it and your name is offensive. But it's really funny because I feel like that totally changed. And a lot of those people that were so quick to turn me away now are asking me to try to be a part of their network or or collaborate with them. So there's definitely been a change in the past few years. Um, I think with horror being on TV and it being so abundant today with shows like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story. um, I mean, gosh, there's so many horror shows now than there were a few years ago. And I think that has definitely taken people that may not be horror fans per se, but it's piqued their interest in all things macabre. And I think that's been a big help, too. Did you ever uh, catch The Haunting of Hill House last year? I did not, but I want to. I have so many shows that I started, but I didn't have time to finish watching them. So I definitely need to catch up on those. And then that's definitely on my list to watch because I heard that was so scary. Yeah, that was a fun one to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for season two, whatever that may look like. Um, but that all being said, what what online platform do you prefer the most? Or, or really, in other words, which online platform might represent you and your brand the best? That's tough because I do kind of divide the content that I share while it is cohesive to some degree. I do tend to share different things on different platforms on Twitter. I tend to have more conversation and I'm more laid back and just kind of chat with people Um, on Facebook. I try to keep it strictly business and strictly only things that I'm involved with um, either my own creations or someone I'm working with. Um, And then Instagram, it's kind of like, this hodgepodge of all of that. Like I have things that I do in my spare time just as me. And then I have things that relate to my brand as well. Um, Facebook, I would say is my biggest audience. I think I'm at 46,000 followers on there. And then I would say Instagram is my second biggest audience. Um, I'm around 18,000 on there. So I would say my favorite, though, probably would be Instagram. 
Awesome. Well, we, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, uh, especially on this Halloween. Uh, but one last very important question for you. Are you ready? I'm I a, am. This is where the, the if, if we're actually good with editing this, this is where the spooky music would come on. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not. I don't know. Um, is, uh, is The Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? I would say Christmas because I look back when I think about when I was a kid, I would watch it around Christmas time and something about Christmas time reminds me of that movie. But that's coming from someone who believes that Halloween is every day in their life. So um, take that as you will. Um, I do. I do feel that it's more of a Christmas movie but totally appropriate for Halloween too, if that's what someone prefers. But um, when that chilly weather starts to hit, I always want to start singing along to those songs. I would have to agree. It hits you a little more in the feels and it it leaves you. I always feel good after I watch it. So I would, I would definitely say it's more of a Christmas movie too. Absolutely. And I, I, uh, I actually saw that in the theater when I was a child. So that movie is very dear to me. And I love that it has such a following that it does. I remember being in high school and my friend bringing me a, a birthday present. And uh, speaking of, my birthday is in one week. So um, happy early birthday. Thank you. My, so my birthday, it always reminds me of Halloween, too, because it's like a week after. It's just like an extension of Halloween for me. And I remember my friend bringing me a present and it was the soundtrack to Nightmare Before Christmas. And I was in art and we would have our radio days where we could put on our own CD. And I remember putting that on and my classmates were furious. They're like, why are you putting on this little kid stuff? And I remember thinking like I felt sad for them that they had grown up that much that they couldn't appreciate something that they were fond of as a kid. And I think that whole mindset right there is that's the best description of me today is I've never really grown up in that regard. All of the things that Halloween was magical for me. And so basically everything that I do is trying to recreate and keep that feeling going. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Casey, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before we head out, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you at? Sure. <clears throat> So you can find me on my official website at thehomicidalhomemaker.com. I'm on Instagram as Homicidal Homemaker. Twitter as Homicidal Casey, that's K-A-C-I. And Facebook at facebook.com slash Homicidal Homemaker. And then uh, YouTube at youtube.com, you guessed it, Homicidal Homemaker. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Casey, thank you so, so much for coming on and we hope you, we hope you have a great Halloween and uh, happy early birthday. Thank you for having me. I, I look forward to, to hearing the podcast when it goes live. Thanks Casey. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have an awesome Halloween. All right, everybody that wraps up today's episode of eat, drink, social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share, or maybe you know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us. 